Welcome to this bonus episode of Starry Sky and Witchy Things. If this is your first time here, I'm Alexis, a portrait photographer with a passion for empowerment photography and brand storytelling. And I'm a witch. Here and on Witchy Musings on Substack, I aim to make esoteric knowledge relevant to the challenges of being a woman in the modern age. But if you don't identify as a woman, you're welcome to. I was going to go on a hiatus, but in my excitement last week introducing my episode with Christian, I forgot. So if you have not listened to it yet, it's a must. Go check it out. But I'm planned, well, let's do a bonus announcement again and say no new episodes. Sorry about that. But since I was going to post an episode, I thought, why not share with you the latest newsletter I published on Substack, in case you're not already subscribed and want to check it out, and also so you can prepare for Virgo season that started yesterday. You can also hear more of my thoughts on the transits for the next week in last week's Star News, which is leading up to the Pisces full moon on the 31st when the next one will come out. The reason for the hiatus is that this podcast takes up a lot of time to research and while I love doing it and I wouldn't have a podcast if I didn't aim to provide value to the community by saving you that time gaining the same knowledge, I do have a business to run which you can check out at alexisneve.com. And if you like the newsletter, which is written as personal essays, like the OG days of blogging, you can subscribe at witchmusings.substack.com. And all the links will be in the show notes. Don't wait for inspiration. It comes while one is working. Henri Matisse. On order, chaos, and existing in the tension of polarity, also known as the Virgo season newsletter. It's 2pm on Friday the 18th of August. I've been subcrastinating, as I call it, hoping for something to catch my attention and spark a thought that I could run with for this newsletter. I've seen the quote by Henri Matisse, dropped by someone in the comments of last week's Flack Photo Digest, and realised that, maybe, There was some value in starting off like I'm doing morning pages and then delete it. Only for choosing to keep the Joyce-esque stream of consciousness. Because when I opened the draft document I found that I had left something in it from a text conversation I had with my trusty Otomids arising. Because I still have no idea how you talk about the rising signs in Japanese. It was about an episode of the Moon Matters podcast about polarities. I can't remember what the host said were the placements to look for in general, as the text started with, and I quote, My key life themes are just nodes and angles. And if you've been reading these witchy musings of mine for a while, you might remember it's my south node we are talking about this month, as Pisces was my north. Not that fighting an overly critical Virgo-chan isn't enough struggle for five lifetimes. 
important because to use the metaphor of editing a manuscript to describe the Virgo Pisces axis, and I feel like mine is not so much editing my novel as she is sending it back with a note saying it's all wrong for being a novel and not a work of non-fiction. I could handle Virgo editing my novel to find my weak plot points and polish the language and stuff, but I can't handle what feels like outright rejection of me as a person." End quote. I skyped a Virgo house in Placidus, having a double Libra spread, but I have Black Moon Lilies in Virgo as well as the South Node. I occasionally read my chart in other house systems, even if it's a pet peeve of mine when people claim the whole houses is the ancient and therefore correct one. Ptolemy was one of the major influences in preserving astrology in the West, and he lived in the first century. The period historians term as late antiquity does not start for another two centuries. By all means, choose what system you feel most aligned to, but don't try to go around claiming authority on longevity. Anyway, in whole houses, these two placements shift from the 10th to the 11th house, which astrology.com defines as also speaking to destiny. In simple terms, our hopes and dreams, what we desire and what we want to achieve. I find it terribly amusing given how my midheaven falls on the Leo degree of Leo. It's like drawing myself in a traditional style or like a manga heroine, but no matter what style you choose, you cannot escape that it's a drawing of me. The axis is my only placement at that degree. My Mercury is one minute short of it, so it's in Cancer's degree, which makes this newsletter not all that surprising. But I digress, as always. The Advanced Astrology website, when I had a deep dive into Lilith at the beginning of my journey, defined my natal combination as Virgo is the sign of order, while Lilith is a pond of chaos. The whole article reads like my autobiography, and it's really quite sad. No matter where you place the house cusp, both the wound and the medicine of my Virgo Lilith boil down to perfectionism and not enoughness. This whole pipeline from good Catholic girl, because Virgo grandmother was basically Lady Marchmain, to which, that is my life journey, looks the same in both houses. I'm being wild, even unhinged, talking about sets and magic on the internet, while also being somewhat awkwardly demure, quoting it all in self-deprecatory humour. I'm an open book about my big visions in life, but not so much about my struggle to overcome being the sidekick to narcissistic friends. That's partly to do be with being a three-five with open head and hajna in human design, so I'm fundamentally uncomfortable with placing myself into the position of an expert at anything other than being a hot mess. I tried when being surrounded by people with strict religious views had me genuinely concerned for everyone's souls. I have a hard time letting myself be seen under a good light, but if we talk about authenticity, 
Where do we draw the line between that and the self-concept equivalent of toxic positivity? At the end of the day, all the archetypes of the zodiac exist in both shadow and light frequencies, and some placements fall more on one end than others. Maybe I am a bit shy in some situations, and overcompensate by being overexcitable like a puppy dog or tamaki or a high school host club, while being an ice queen in others. And that's okay. To act like I can always be a badass seductress would be to push aside of my character to the shadows, just as much as those who can't face the dark feminine would do. And that, I guess, is a very Virgo Lily thing to do. Either strive to be perfectly good or rebel against it. And either way, you reduce yourself to a monodimensional character, like a trope, because both sides require your complete loyalty to the image you want to project lest you will fail at projecting it by looking like you accept the other way after all. I'm not well versed in the Kabbalistic tradition, but that's where the earlier idea of Lilith as the point of chaos comes from. Sierra van de Voort, writing very recently for Yoga Journal, said it beautifully. She gives us power by revealing what has power over us. For me, accepting that I can't always do everything on my own, and that I have some deep, intense emotions that I long for someone to receive is one such shadow that holds power over me. Admitting to desire and affection forces me to reconcile with how I spent years of my life with a fundamental need unmet and the disempowerment that comes from realising I did not have the tools to realise it and do something about it. I love Lilith the most among the feminine archetypes in astrology. Even as I strive to be perfectly Venusian, given the stronghold she has on my birth chart. In a way, among the goddesses, I see Hades' bride's Persephone as the one who best encapsulates this duality inherent in feminine energy. As I deepen my understanding of magic and life as a witch, it has occurred to me that my own natural inclinations both in attitude and in way of thinking, might be significantly aligned to the principles of chaos magic. The fact alone its one organization is named after Eros and Thanatos is such a mean thing I'm a little ashamed to bring it up. It's hard to look at me and see any of the positive aspects of Virgo, except perhaps the tendency to independence, as Virgo is the sign that is whole unto herself. I wish I had been able to write an essay about how wonderful Virgo is, but there's a lesson in this for all of us. Astrology is a language that will speak into life as a whole, the potential for good and the potential for bad. Polarity is inherent in it, not just because of the arts is keeping us balanced, but because polarity is inherent in the human experience. Until next time, keep living in wonder. So here we are, that was the Virgo newsletter, well half of it, just the personal essay part. I share things that I loved in the month since between newsletters since it comes out once a month for the new astrological season and then I 
occasionally drop some ref shorter reflections in notes, usually around the full and new moon. And yeah, interesting sayings, new substacks, it's really fun. So I l would love to see you there and join me. And uh, otherwise, I'm on Instagram and on threads, and I would love to connect. So see you next week.